You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Efforty and Lincoln Kennedy plan on having him on in a few minutes to talk all things silver and black and the Cardinals and what he's expecting this week at Allegiant Stadium for the season home opener. Excited about that. Of course, you can hear the game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920 at 430. Vinny Bonsignor, he'll join us to talk about what he heard in the locker room, what he was talking about in the locker room. He sent over a little bit with Max Crosby as well. Instead of uh, having an opportunity to, to play that, we'll probably just talk to Vinny about it and see what Max had to say. It was a little loud when I was listening to the audio. It didn't really sound like you'd be able to hear it too well on the radio. So we'll just give Vinny's thoughts on what Max had to say, what Chandler had to say, and what the feel of the locker room is on a Thursday. You know, they're heading into uh, the weekend. Of course, tomorrow is going to be, like I said, a glorified uh, uh, walkthrough and then boom, they'll be ready for the season opener, a uh, season home opener, excuse me, on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Joined now on the phone lines by uh, a member of the Raiders play-by-play broadcast crew. That's Lincoln Kennedy. Of course, he does color commentary, does a great job side-by-side with Jason Horowitz and a former Raider offensive lineman. And uh, Lincoln, it's always great to catch up with you. We appreciate your time. And what's your anticipation level, man? How, how do you uh, think this team is going to improve from week one to week two when we see him out there on Sunday? Well, I, you know, first of all, it's good to be with you. What I'm hoping for is I'm just hoping to see a little bit of improvement in the small things like the timing and just the overall gelling with one another. See, the problem is, you know, it's, 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 it's fun to say that, okay, your guy doesn't have to play preseason. We know what he's capable of. But there's a lot of timing things that happen to have to happen at full speed. And I think you can watch around the, the league in week one how there were sometimes those things affected, uh, most notably the Raiders. And, and, you know, I go back to a couple of things like for, for Derek, the crossing routes, um, the one that he, you know, he tried to hit uh, Darren Waller in the end zone was behind him, uh, the one the interception by Hunter Renfro when he was trying to throw him. Those types of things kind of stand out. But also just the gel and the playing together. I mean, there were four different combinations on the offensive line. And, you know, though you want to have a rotation on defensive line, it's still got to get people to get in and get settled in to see if you can generate some consistent pressure on opposing quarterbacks. So I'm just thinking about the little things that need to be tidied up. I think the Raiders are going to be fine. Yeah, I do too. I think they're going to be fine. And I think Derek Carr is going to be fine. And Lincoln, I said this earlier that he's not a guy that consistently throws three interceptions a game. So I think he'll bounce right. back. I think he'll he'll show what you know we're used to seeing when it comes to Derek Carr. Uh, how confident are you that he's going to settle back in and be the Derek Carr that we're used to seeing? Totally agree. I don't think he's had multiple interceptions in back-to-back games since 2018, something like that, right? Yep. Um, he, he, he typically learns from it. And more importantly, you know, he, he's, a, he's a better person because of it. Um, when he goes out on the football field the following week, he's mindful of it. It's not like it plagues him or weighs him down. He, doesn't, you know, he has a short memory. But I'm, I really think that because he's that type of competitor, he wants to try a lot harder. And he's going to compete a lot better and make smarter decisions. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Lincoln, we had Greeny from ESPN on earlier this week, and he used the line, it's almost like the, with the old adage about quarterbacks, if you got two, you don't have one. And he said about the Raiders' offensive line, if you have seven, you don't have five. So do you expect the Raiders to still go out there and try their different combinations on the O-line, or is this game they need to have that solidified starting five? You know what, it's really hard to, to think of just the type of philosophy. I mean, obviously, you you got you young guys you are trying to get in. Some of your rookies are trying to get in in game speed. But you also have your vets out there who you, you thought, I thought going into last week would definitely deserve to start. 
Um, but but I know that I've never been one who's been a big fan of like interchangeable parts. To me, offensive lines don't normally work that way. They have to be able to come together, gel together, and play together in order to be successful. But that's just my way. Maybe it's an old philosophy. I'm not going to sit there and say the Raiders don't know what they're doing. They obviously do because they're in this position. But if anyone's guessed to see where they're going to go you know, this time around or if they're going to continue with those combinations if they haven't really settled on which one they like the most. Speaking of the offensive line, Andre James is dealing with a concussion, and you know how that goes, Lincoln. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing he could do. He just has to clear the protocol right. before he can get out there. That's the center, right? I mean, it's more than just snapping the ball. It's calling out the protections. There's a lot of things that go into that. Uh, how confident are you in a, a rookie like Dylan Parham if he has to take the, the snaps instead of, uh, instead of uh, Andre James? Well, Dylan has shown his versatility throughout the preseason. And, again, it's not the regular season speed. We'll see. But even when he was out playing in with, with, against the Chargers this past week, I thought he held his own. So I think he'll be fine. But, you know what, we wish a speedy, healthy Andre, Andre James and recovery. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about that. Again, we're talking with Lincoln Kennedy here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, something that you talked about last week going into the Charger game that you were maybe expecting to see was uh, you know, a healthy dose of the run game to try to slow down that pass rush a little bit. Do you think that we'll see a little bit more of an uptick of the running game? I certainly hope so. I was really surprised they didn't go to it as much as they did. I thought it could really help out. But they obviously had a, obviously had a plan not only to get the ball to Adams, but to open it up a little bit with the passing game. They saw something on the second end on the back half about, you know, being a little bit uh, uh, undermanned, if you will, by the Chargers secondary with them up and out there and having to start a uh, defensive back. Um, but I don't know if it's the case so much this week. Here's the thing. You want to you get back to being a balanced attack. I know that's what they want. At least that's what they showed in preseason. And though you still want to develop those weapons or have those weapons at your disposal, you don't want to have to rely on them. And there was a lot of times I thought last week that uh, Derek was mainly fixated on one particular target when it came down to it. Someone almost trying to force the ball at times uh, rather than going through his progressions. Yeah, Lincoln, when it comes to game planning for a team week to week and studying film, I know it's only one game, but the Cardinals, they just could not defend the Chiefs, mainly on the tight end position. So how much does that affect you guys? Maybe like week to week in your experience, well, hey, we looked at the tape and they we can exploit this matchup. Does that change the game plan going in if another team is deficient in a certain area? It's a cookie-cutter league, so you'll take what you've seen from other teams and what they did to the, your, your next opponent and see if you can implement it, but you're not going to force it. You're not going to get away from who you are um, uh, by doing something. And let's face it, the, the, the tight end position is strong with the Raiders, just like it is with the Chiefs. So, yeah, you're probably going to look to, to take it full advantage of it. I just think there were times last week where we got away from, you know, the fact, the fact that we did have Darren Waller, the fact that we did have Hunter Renfro, not trying to come to them until late in the game and still, you know, get the ball to Adams and everyone else. I mean, you've got a lot of weapons that you can use on this offense. you got to find a way to spread the ball around. The Cardinals, they like to blitz a lot. Does that not just play yeah. right into the hands of Derek Carr? Well, here's the thing. Um, yes and no. So the the okay. problem is you've got to be able to hold the pocket integrity for at least four seconds, even with the blitz. Okay. So you can't have it break down. So that's where the, that's where the no comes in as far as the offensive, the, the offensive line problem. And Q, you and I talked about this last, uh, earlier this week. If if you're going to bring five or you're going to have max protection, you're only going to have three eligible receivers, those guys have got to go out and win. And right. they've got to go out there and win in their routes. And more importantly, Derek's got to sometimes throw them open. Not to say that he can't do it. I've seen him do it before. His accuracy is something that pays off. 
But these are these are issues that you know you're only one game into it. And you're not necessarily pushing the panic button, but you know this team is a high pressure team. You know they're going to bring it, so you have to be ready for it. And whether you're going to do max protection or quick throws. Those receivers, those quarterbacks, everybody has to be on the same page. Talk right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. As far as Chandler Jones goes, I was talking, and we just heard from Chandler Jones in the locker room, and a lot of people are talking about him playing against his former team, but I, I don't think that it's it's not the Khalil Mack type situation as far as I'm concerned. Do you think it's really that big of a deal for Chandler Jones to play against the Cardinals this week? I wouldn't see why it is. He's a veteran. He's a pro. He's been around a couple teams. We're we going to have the same thing when he goes back to play as the Patriots, <laughs> right? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think it is. I, I think those things are a little bit um, just just for banter and just for talk. Right. No, it's fun for us to talk about. But again, I mean, like yeah. the Khalil, the Khalil Mack situation is different, right? Because he was traded. But this was just. I mean, this is a 32 year old guy that was uh, signed as a free agent by the Raiders. I mean, I, I don't think that right. there's a lot of bad blood between the two teams. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I think those that's small potatoes compared to the grander thing. If anything, Chandler Jones wants to know why he didn't have a sack or why he didn't, you know, he didn't have as big of a game say as Khalil Mack or, or Bosa did on the other side. How do you think those two guys go at it, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones? How do you think they go about trying to slow down Kyler Murray? Well, I mean, it's easier said than done. As, as wiry and shaky as Kyler Murray is, he's still he's still a quarterback that doesn't like to get hit, and he's small. So it's a matter of once you get in there, bringing him down. Now, the difference between him and Herbert is that he doesn't have – Kyler Murray doesn't have Herbert's size mm-hmm. and strength. So, you know, there was a couple times where uh, Herbert was able to get out of some, some leg tackles and stuff like that, or possibly leg tackles. The big thing is that you've got to generate pressure – and you've got to get some sacks. You've got to turn the tide and have a big stand, a defensive stand uh, because the last thing you want to do is, is allow the Cardinals to have a defensive stand there at your home field. How disciplined does the, the Raiders' defense, especially that defensive line, need to be with a guy like Murray? I mean, Herbert ran around because he had to. Murray can run around because he wants to. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, you you still got to be disciplined, but it's no different than any other square in the quarterback. You know, preparing for a Justin Fields or 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 any other one of the runners that that are currently in the league. You you got to have contain. There's got to be somebody who's got to force the contain and keep the perimeter secure. More importantly, you got to keep him in the pocket to corral him rather than let him get out and run around. We're talking to Lincoln Kennedy right now here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We talked about Andre James and his concussion. Denzel Perriman's dealing with the ankle injury. Trayvon Merrick dealing with the hip injury. Neither one of those guys practiced so far yet this week. Uh, how concerning is that if those guys can't go on Sunday? Well, you know what? You really would like to have people at full strength, but there's certain things that you can't control. I mean, you know, you talk about the concussion with Andre James. There's really nothing you can do about it. You know, you got a clear protocol. It has to take its course. Um, you don't want to see guys that are banged up. It's an adjustment, especially for the secondary, when you talk about what they're used to playing and what we're used to seeing out of Patrick Graham's in the short stint uh, as defensive coordinator. So that in itself is an adjustment. And just how much do you fall off when you go to the backup safeties and corners when you have that? Yeah, Lincoln, something that I wanted to ask you about from your time of calling professional and college games, when it comes to a mobile quarterback, what are some of the better coverages that you've seen work against the quarterbacks that are able to run, run outside the pocket? Well, you know, when you, when you have perimeter protectors like in cover two where your corners are protecting the flat, that can help. But then you're often beat by corner routes or uh, routes that run between that corner and that safety uh, in a lot of rollouts. The biggest thing that you got to have when you have uh, quarterbacks that like to move and are capable of running is you got to have discipline on the open side, whoever is on the open side, because they're going to run play action to the close side and cut back 
to the to the open side or make it to boots and stuff like that. And that person who's out there has to be mindful that that quarterback is probably going to come around. So you got to be ready to take on the quarterback rather than go off for the run fakes. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Radio Nation Radio 920 NSA Roughness. Lincoln, just got one more question for you, and this is something that really stood out to me about Sunday, and I think this is, for me, the biggest disappointment from the game. It wasn't the loss. It was the way that they lost. All training camp, all preseason, all we heard was uh, attention to detail and don't shoot yourself in the foot, and they turned the ball over. They had penalties at, at bad times. I mean, they only had three total penalties for 11 yards, but they were uh, unfortunate ones, right? Penalties that, that, that hurt yeah. them and kept drives alive, kicked the ball out of bounds the Chargers got it on the 40 they it was stuff that was unforced they they went out there and did were you surprised that after all that emphasis that they had on that they still played like that on Sunday and had those had those uh, mistakes those untimely mistakes not surprised disappointed but not surprised gotcha. when you think about the people who made the mistakes you know who had the interception of Derek Carr he didn't play the preseason right you know there's no excuse for Daniel Carlson to kick the ball out of bounds I don't know what goes through his head sometimes. And he has a strong leg, and he can plant it through the back of the end zone. Why is he even kicking short? Why, why are you testing that? Or why, why are you not as accurate or putting that ball where it needs to be? So there are things that are inexcusable, in, in my opinion. You know, a little disappointing to see. But for most of the things that you talked about from the mistakes and the miscues, those are guys who didn't play in preseason. So they probably weren't held to the same standard, you know, on the first game out. And these mistakes are going to happen, too. It's going to happen. It's right. just what, you, what do you do? How do you rebound? you still got a long season in front of you. Yes, you're own one in the division. Yes, you're own one to start. But there are going to be opportunities to make it up. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I just feel that this division is going to beat up on each other. There's going to be a lot of one and ones when it's all said and done in the season. Agreed. All right, Lincoln, real quick before we get you out of here, Michigan State taking on the alma mater, Washington. What can we expect? Go dogs. I'm up in Washington. I got to do Washington, Colorado State this weekend, so I, I won't get a chance to see it until it's over, but I'm hoping my dog ready to pull it out. There you go. Well, we got your support. We'll be backing you up 100%. Appreciate Lincoln, we appreciate you. We'll see you in the press box on Sunday. Sounds like a plan, my man. I'll talk to you guys later. All right, there he goes. Lincoln Kennedy right there. Go dogs. I love it. That's a great – hey, what else do you have to say? What else do you have to say? It was funny. It was like when we were talking to um, Hunter Renfro in the in the locker room last week, last Friday, and I forget, I think Levi Edwards asked him about, did you get to see some of the Clemson games? He's like, I saw the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, dummy. Of course I saw it. You think I ain't? <laughs> right? So he's like, I saw the whole thing. That's just how it is, man. It's always cool to – I like that. That was a great question. I like when – you know, we start to talk about these players and their team. Like, I talked to Zamir White about Georgia. Oh, yeah. Who, by the way, number one in the country, as they should be. And I'm a guy that says, roll tide all day. You know, shout out to Mark, Mark McMillan. Shout out to uh, Josh Jacobs. Shout out to every Alabama player. Roll tide. I say it all day. But even I could have told you that Georgia's the number one team in the country. It don't take us a, a genius. Even this dummy could have told you that Georgia, the eye test would have been, hey, by the way, they're number one. Oh, by the way, they're defending national champions. I don't care how many guys are playing in the league. They don't rebuild. They reload. And they're loaded. <laughs> I think, to be honest, I think if, like, when it came to the voting, deciding who's going to be the preseason number one, right. Bryce Young, Stetson Bennett. Right. Uh, but or, Stetson Bennett, he proved himself hey, you know, again in hey, that Oregon game. Yeah, and Young and Young proved himself in that Texas game. When they mm-hmm. needed him the most, he he uh, he proved himself. And I'll say this about that Texas game. I'm glad you brought it up. You, know, right, you didn't really. Let's, let's, I got so angry. I, got so, I was in a hotel room doing a radio show. In L.A., Saturday night, right? And this is all, and I really didn't get to see too much college football on Saturday because I was traveling. But I saw that game. I was at the M Resort. Matter of fact, me and the wife were at the M Resort, watched the game. I got on the road right after the game. Why in the hell, when Bryce Young had that big run, 
right? At the end of the game, 20-yard run, got him right down there. Texas had two timeouts, two. That's it. There's a first down. Why in the hell did Alabama throw the ball three times in a row? All they had to do was run, and what would have happened? Texas would have called timeout. Run, what would have happened? Texas would have called timeout. Run, Texas doesn't have no timeouts. Clock is running, clock is running, tick, 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 tick. You call timeout, kick a field goal, game over, you never give the ball back to Texas. What in the hell was going on? Nick Saban is a freaking genius. And that was like, what? I was like, who am I watching? I had no idea who I was watching there. Can't trust those college kickers. Man, I, I know it's that close. And, guess, and, and, and how'd they win the game? The college kicker. Hey, but sometimes, you know, if you can hey, win it, you look, win it. man, Nick Saban was going to leave that college kicker in Austin if he had missed that kick. He was going to leave some of them cats there in Austin anyway. We were in the barbershop, man. We were in the barbershop watching the game before uh, before the game or, you know, when it first started. And Texas or Texas was playing pretty well and, and Alabama wasn't. And my barber D was like, man, some of them young boys on Alabama going to get stuck in Austin, Texas. They ain't going to get back on that flight and that plane and all that good stuff. They ain't going to make it back to Bama. They keep playing like that. They pulled out the game. But I, it just blew my mind. Why Why would you? And I kept telling the wife, like, you know, she ain't going to argue with me, but she's just like, why is why is he why is he getting so upset about this? Because I was I was like I was angry, I was visibly angry about the lack of running the rock, running the clock out, making them call timeout and call it a day. And on top of that, Texas did it on their side too. Did you hear what Steve Sarkeesian said after the game? No, yeah, I, no, I wouldn't one, listen to that cat no more anyway. What'd but it say? was just one of those lines of just like classic coach speak. It's like, bro, that's not that's not true. We didn't lose today. We ran out of time. Yeah, you know why you <laughs> unbelievable. We know what's funny though is that, like I said, Texas blew it too. They were they were in control. They were going down the field, and they had a runner that decided to run out of bounds and stop the clock. Again, going back to clock issues, all the runner had to do was stay in bounds. Alabama has to call timeout. Then they would have one less timeout. I mean, it's just it's simple math. It's basic. I'm not a coach. I'm not even smart, but I was smart enough to figure that out. 419 is the time. Take a quick break. Get back to your calls and texts. I'll calm down a little bit. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. I love our fans here in Las Vegas. You know, they, you know, when we when we came here, no one knew the home field advantage. What would that be like? Would it be the same as Oakland? And Oakland was a special place, you know. Uh, but being here in Vegas, they've been every every bit uh, the Raider Nation, and it's been loud and it's been exciting, and hopefully it'll be an advantage for us again this year. But I'm excited to have our fans back. Back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Coming up at 4.30, Vinny Bonsignor, he'll join the show, give us his thoughts on practice, the locker room, everything that he was uh, hearing, and who he was talking to earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, T.C. Martin with Coach Becky Hammond, he'll join the show at 5 o'clock, uh, have a little pregame interview with her, and so we'll have a little bit of extended Unnecessary Roughness, probably till about, I don't know, 5.15-ish. <laughs> you know, just to just to get the interview in, just want to hear what Coach Hammond's got to say. So uh, we had a good, successful time doing that on Tuesday with TC and Coach Hammond. So thought we'd run it back. Good luck, right? Maybe uh, they all they got to do is go get this dub tonight and bring home a championship. That'd be really cool. So hopefully the Aces are able to uh, handle their business. And it's funny they lost the first game of the playoffs, right? They lost against Seattle, and they ain't lost since. Woo! <laughs> Realize that. They yeah, lost man. the first game against Seattle. They were down 0-1, and they haven't lost since. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. Team of destiny. Uh, I mean, look, 
I'll say this, and I don't want to jinx anything, but it. I mean, the the championship is right there, right? I mean, obviously they've got three games to win one, but and and you got to go win it. You can't take it for granted, but feels really good that they're gonna. I feel really good about their chances, right? If I was gonna lay some money, I'll lay some money right now and say, yeah, I feel pretty good that they'll win, and I don't think that'd be me stepping out on the ledge. <laughs> yeah, who was it? Was it Paloma that said when she went to the hotel, like the the bar? Oh yeah, and it was just, hey man, even the even the bartender was like, hey, it was some yep, the, members uh, of the, the Atlanta F- Dream, the Atlanta Dream yep. that said, man, if the Aces don't win the championship this year, something went wrong. Right. If other teams are saying that about you, that's how you know it's this team's year. Right. So we'll hear from T.C. Martin and Coach Becky Hammond coming up right at five o'clock uh, on the Sam and Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R Vegas Pete hit us up. I rewatched the second half and we totally outplayed. Uh, San Diego, but it's not San Diego, it's LA. Outscored them 16 to 7 when we ran Jacobs and set up play action. Clean up the pocket protection, don't allow pressure up the middle. It gives Carr no escape lane to run. We didn't lose, we just ran out of time. Football's back, <laughs> win or lose a tie. Raider Nation till I die. Very, very well said, Vegas Pete. We didn't lose, we just ran out of time. I like that. Haven't heard that anywhere on the show lately. That was good. I like that. Great. Touche, Vegas Pete. We appreciate you. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray, hit us up. Q&D, loving today's show. Thank you for all your hard work. Us listeners are very grateful for all the insight. Quickly on tonight's Chiefs and Chargers game. I expect a 34-27 victory for the Chiefs. Got to give Mahomes and company the win, especially on a short week at home. I'm going to say it, Q. Your new 2022 WNBA champion, Las Vegas Aces. Right around 8 p.m., I'll pour some whiskey out for the new champs of the WNBA. Got to send out these good vibes to the city of Las Vegas. Good luck, Aces. Go get that championship. Again, that's Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, right around 8 o'clock, hopefully we'll be uh, talking about and tweeting out uh, a victory and uh, yeah, championship coming back to Vegas. Rob in Oakland hit us up. I'm concerned about the ability of the interior offensive line to handle interior blitzes. I say that because on several occasions, linebacker Kenneth Murray ran over our guards using speed and good leverage. Andre James' injury and the potential shuffling of the offensive line may make this worse. I'm also concerned about running back blitz pickup. Jacobs didn't do well in that department against Derwin James, and as a result, Buda Baker may be sent a few times in this game. Again, that's Rob in Oakland, and I think there's no doubt Buda Baker's going to be blitzing. There's no doubt that the, the, the uh, Cardinals are going to be blitzing quite a bit. There's absolutely no, no doubt. And you're right, Rob. Uh, the running backs are going to have to pick up the blitz. Uh, the offensive line is going to have to step up, especially in the interior. Uh, if Andre James isn't out there, it's going to have to be Dylan Parham, maybe Billy Price. I mean, there's there's a lot of different options. You know, John Simpson, I believe. <laughs> I don't know, but I believe that, you know, that's an, that's an option. Lester Cotton, I mean, that's an option. I don't know who's going to be out there. I don't know what order they're going to go out there. I don't know if it's going to be five, seven, six. I don't know what's going to be. I really don't. Uh, I, w- I would like to say that I knew who the, the starting five were going to be, but I really have no idea. So we'll just see as it comes. So thank you so much for that uh, text. I do appreciate you. Uh, Raider MG of the D-Lot Hooligans said, uh, love when Q points out the not-so-sound logic and a cliche saying, like, next man up. Because if the next man up was as good as the first man, then he'd be the first man. You know what I'm saying? Let's address the irony that Trayvon Mullen will be potentially getting cooked by Adams on Sunday. And also the Jones families are undefeated in Las Vegas. So look for Chandler to remind everyone why he came to the Raiders Raiders. That's from Raider MG of the D-Lot Hooligans. Good stuff right there on the Sam and Ash text line. We definitely appreciate that. Anytime you want to chime in, 69187, keyword R&R. Even if you have a question for our next guest, and that's the great Vinny Bonsignor, of course, you can find his work on the RJ, the Las Vegas Review Journal, and you can hear him every morning on the morning tailgate, 7 to 10 a.m. with Clay Baker and with Heidi Fang. And Vinny, we appreciate your time this afternoon, my man. Uh, What was the vibe in the locker room, man? We heard the sound from Chandler Jones that you sent over. We appreciate that, but what was the overall vibe of the team as they get ready to play another game? Yeah, uh, first of all, it was a long practice day for them today. Uh, heavy day on Thursday. Uh, so no doubt they were getting a lot of work in. Uh, that tells you kind of where 
uh, their mind is uh, heading into this Cardinals game. But uh, you know, they're they're. I, I tell this, say this all the time. Uh, they they quickly flushed what happened on Sunday against the Chargers out of the way. Uh, they're moving on to the Cardinals without a doubt. Uh, I think they feel good coming off that game in terms of you know some of the adjustments that they needed to make, some of the improvements that they needed to make, uh, and they feel pretty good about moving uh, on to uh, to the Cardinals, a team that Chandler knows, Jones knows very well. Got a chance to talk to to Chandler uh, about you know playing his former team, how weird it was going over the scouting report, and he's like, you know, I know that guy, I know that guy, you know, so uh, he knows all these players that they're poking at and and trying to figure out how to attack so kind of a weird situation for Chandler but overall I think that this team is in a good place and and ready to get after it on Sunday Vinny if Andre James who's dealing with a concussion and there's nothing he could do he can't say I feel better he's got to pass concussion protocol before he can be back out there if he can't go on Sunday what are your what is Vinny Bonson you're doing at the center position I think it's got to be Dylan Parham Um, you know you you planned for this moment you know what I'm saying like that's why you uh, prepared the way you prepared uh, during training camp, going all the way back to OTAs. He's been taking snaps at center from day one. Um, you know they've been working him in uh, there. He was taking snaps. I could see when they were when they were in you know the broke off into their individual groups, uh, but there was some center snap going on, and uh, he was part of what looked to me uh, like the first group. You know with the Raiders uh, with all the other first team uh, offensive linemen. So that's what I would do. Uh, but they did bring in Billy uh, Price. Uh, as well, um, he's a veteran. Started 15 games for the Giants last year. A former first-round pick uh, in 2018. Uh, so maybe you know uh, you just roll the dice there so that Dylan could stay over at guard. But if it was me, I think you prepared for this moment uh, in a certain way. Go ahead and stick to that plan. Sticking with the injury front, okay. How about Denzel Perriman and Trayvon Merrick? Those guys could potentially be out. Perriman dealing with the ankle, Merrick dealing with the hip injury. How big of a blow to Patrick Graham's defense is that if those guys can't go? Well, you, you're talking about uh, the guy that calls your defensive uh, plays uh, in Denzel Perryman, and you know your ball hawking uh, backline defender in Trevor Murray. So it's definitely not ideal. We're starting to get into that dicey area where uh, neither player has been on the practice field. It's Thursday now. You got one more day and a couple of days, um, you know, to, to get it right. In Denzel's case, um, he's a veteran player that kind of knows how to get ready for a game. Um, if, if there's been a, uh, a chance that he can play, I would expect him to at least give it a shot. Uh, I did see Trayvon Merrick uh, yesterday in the locker room. I mean, he seemed to be walking fine. Uh, obviously, you know, that doesn't tell you a whole lot, especially at this level. Uh, but it, 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 it seems like, and, and when you look at what the Raiders didn't do in terms of putting him on IR, uh, it lets you know that they feel like whatever this is, it's a short-term thing rather than a four-game thing. Um, not to say that he's going to play on Sunday, uh, but uh, in, in their estimation, by not putting him on IR, it lets you think or leads you to believe that, that he'll be back sooner than later. I just don't know if it's going to be for Sunday. But those are two big blows without question. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. My man demond has got one for you. Yeah, Vinny, when it comes to just the matchup of the Cardinals, I know that every game in the NFL is tough to win. But do you get the sense from the Raiders, the players in the locker room, and the coaches that this is a better matchup for the team and getting a win as opposed to last week with the with the Chargers? Well, you know, even if it is that you would never, ever say that, um, I think that they're, you know, the, look, here's a Cardinals team that's 1-6 over their last seven games going back to last year. And I know it's a different year without question. Uh, but they ended the season in a blowout loss to the Rams, and they began the season 
with a blowout loss to the to the Chiefs. So uh, if there's any pride over there uh, in Arizona, and Chandler Jones seems to think that there definitely is, um, after the coach challenged them on Sunday the way he did, kind of calling out, calling them out for their urgency and their their preparation. If there's any pride in that locker room, you would expect that they're going to come out here uh, with, with a fight on their mind uh, on Sunday. And to me, that's the team that the Raiders need to prepare for, not the team that they saw on film Sunday against uh, the Chiefs and certainly not the one last year uh, against the Rams. But I will say this, too. To me, there's an opportunity here for the Raiders, and I think it's incumbent on them to get off to a start, uh, a fast start. Just see where uh, the Cardinals are mentally. You know, you, you, maybe you take a big blow uh, on them uh, and, and knock them around a little bit. Uh, where are they mentally? Are they fragile? Uh, are they questioning themselves? Are they going to buckle a little bit if you hit them hard early? Um, or are they going to show some fight? But I think to, to, to try to at least answer that question, you know, maybe take a couple long shots and try to get a lead and see where, where the Cardinals really are mentally. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And to say roughness, of course, you can hear Vinny every morning on the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. And also you can read his work on the RJ, the Las Vegas Review Journal. As far as Derek Carr goes, he threw three interceptions. He had the fumble. Um, I've been saying all show long that I don't expect to see that Derek Carr on Sunday. And I've had people say, I don't know how you're so confident. Why do you believe that so much? And to me, Vinny, it's the consistency. I mean, he consistently throughout his career has not been that guy where he's always going to throw the you know throw the interceptions and have a bunch of turnovers like he did on Sunday. What is your thoughts on on the Derek Carr bounce back? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you have to go all the way back to 2018, the last time he had three interceptions. Uh, and when you look at some of those interceptions that he threw, um, to me, uh, you know, whether it was decision making or I just felt like it was more execution than anything else. Uh, he was just a little bit off on a couple of those throws. Mm-hmm. He threw one, um, you know, obviously uh, a, a short, shorter throw than he would have liked to Devontae Adams. I think they get that squared away. It might take a game or two for them to kind of figure it all out, uh, like where, you know, Devontae's going to be on that on, on that length of a ball and how far uh, Derek needs to throw it. I don't think it's arm issue or arm strength issue. I just think that he, uh, you know, put a little bit too much air under it and didn't get it to where it needed it to go. I think that he's going to get that fixed. You know, some of the some of the, the, the throw where he threw behind um, you know, Darren Waller, I don't expect that to continue. Um, you know, uh, he's, they, they, they know each other too well. They have too much of a connection. And let's not, you know, forget uh, that, that Darren missed a lot of practice. So maybe there was a little bit of carryover on that, and it's going to take a game or two for those guys to get on the, on the same page. But everything that I saw uh, was, was correctable, uh, and I've seen too much of Derek Carr to know that he's not going to have – many games like that. He hasn't had many games like that in his career. So I, I, I do believe that there's going to be a bounce back. Do you think that there'll be more of a, a balanced attack when it comes to just the passing game? You know, not really passing and running, but as far as Adams, Waller, and Renfro, that there'll be more of a balance instead of just Devontae heavy like we saw Sunday? Yeah, I, I do. I think there needs to be. Uh, I know everyone talks about, well, organically it's going to happen and the ball will get dispersed. Uh, but but I, I do wonder, you know, um, everybody had been talking about the reunion between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. Um, I, both players have been talking about getting together for years now. There had to have been a level of excitement um, and anticipation between those two players, and, and specifically Derek Carr, uh, the guy who's in charge of, of, of throwing the ball. And maybe there was a little bit of an overemphasis on getting it to Devontae Adams early and often uh, and a lot throughout that game. 
I thought in the second half it got a little bit better. You know, uh, think about it. The, the throw to Darren Waller got him into scoring position uh, when they when when they got to nineteen. Uh, unfortunately, they couldn't convert the uh, the two point conversion. And on that drive, there was a nice throw uh, to Hunter Renfro as well. So I think as the game went on, you started to see that um, happening um, in the second half against the Chargers. And I would expect that to carry over. And frankly, it needs to carry over into this Cardinals game. All right, Vinny, something uh, interesting question that you put out on Twitter that I want to ask you. I know that you're a journalist and you're not rooting for any team in the league, but what do you think would be the best outcome for to, to make the AFC West more competitive as the season goes along, a Chargers win or a Chiefs win? Yeah, it's so funny that you should mention that. And I, I didn't necessarily couch it that way. I just wanted to feel, get, a, get a sense of, okay, Raider Nation, who are you rooting for tonight? You know, um, And I had to say we talked about it in the media room. I said, hey, I'm going to put this vote out. And only Willie, and I got to check, but it was overwhelmingly they wanted the Chiefs to win. And that kind of surprised me a little bit because I felt like, um, and only Willie Ramirez said beforehand that he thought that, that was the way the vote was going to go uh, go down. So uh, uh, credit to Willie for, for uh, having the pulse of Raider Nation. But I thought in Raider, from a Raiders fan's perspective, they kind of want the Chargers to win because their team played the Chargers pretty darn close. And if the Chargers could go beat the Chiefs, that means the Raiders, you know, are fully capable of beating the Chiefs. But it seems like the feedback that I'm getting is there's almost a concession uh, for a lot of Raider fans. Like, they think um, that, you know, Kansas City might win the uh, AFC West, so it, it's more of a wild card thing, which means they got to fight the Chargers for the wild card uh, spot, and maybe they don't want the – and they, uh, they obviously don't want the Chargers to get too far out in front of them. So uh, I was a little bit surprised, but I'll ask you, what do you think? I, it's funny. Uh, I was going to say the same thing about uh, the Chiefs winning. I, w- I was. I actually think that the Chiefs are going to win, and it was for that exact reason because I feel like that they're the front runners to win the AFC West anyway. So I think that the Raiders are going to want the Chargers to lose as many games as possible. So I think that most yeah. Raider Nation is going to want the Chargers to uh, to lose this game tonight. But it's interesting. But that's how I would have rolled if you just said Q, uh, who you got tonight, uh, Chiefs or, or Chargers? I'm saying Chiefs all day. Yeah, and I. I, I... You're saying the Chiefs are going to win. That's where you're. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, but man, I'll tell you what. What you know, the Chargers can can deliver a pretty emphatic message uh, tonight too. And Justin mm-hmm. Herbert said that's a pretty good game uh, against the Chiefs. So um, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. Well, the good thing is for the Raiders that one of them is going to be one and one, and one's going to be two and zero. Right? I mean, that's exactly. that's that's the one thing you know that one team, one of those two teams, will have an L by the end of tonight. Yeah, and it's kind of funny uh, when you think about it that we're talking about what that we're scoreboard watching already, or, or uh, yeah. you know. But it tells you, Q. It really does tell you how competitive um, a that the, the AFC West is, but how in tune fans are to how competitive this AFC West is, because uh, it feels like every game has monumental meanings. Um, you know, and, and they do. Uh, no, no doubt about it. I don't know if we're going to remember this game down the stretch. Uh, but we may. Uh, we may remember the, 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 the season opener against right. the Chargers, too. That's how um, you know, close this thing might be. So uh, I completely understand why Raider fans and every AFC West fan uh, is looking to this game and every other matchup between AFC West teams like, all right, who's going to win and how does this help us? more than anything. Right, absolutely. Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. The Cardinals, they're going to blitz, they're going to blitz, and they're going to blitz some more. Uh, how do you think that uh, Josh McDaniels plays that chess match of going up against Vance Joseph in that defense, knowing that they're going to blitz a lot? Well, I think, first of all, you got to get your running backs uh, to block a little bit better on the blitz pickup. 
uh, it was downright, um, it wasn't good, let's put it that way. And then the film showed that. Um, so they, they got to get the execution better in terms of, you know, picking that up. Sometimes that's also on the quarterback and calling where the pressure is going to come from and the offensive line, uh, all of that. But they didn't do a good job of picking up the blitz. And that's the thing. I think, you know, Carr's usually pretty good against the blitz. And I think that um, if they can if they can take care of the protection and then make the uh, uh, Cardinals pay for making those types of decisions, that's going to get them right out of that really quick in terms of being aggressive on the blitz. But if I'm the Cardinals, I'm going to, hey, prove to me that you can protect your quarterback in these situations, and then we'll deal with whatever the whatever the outcome of that is. But if you can't protect him, then we're going to keep coming after him really hard until you show that you can. Vinny, earlier you said something about uh, execution, and you were expecting to see better execution. All we heard in the training camp and preseason was about not shooting yourself in the foot. And I think you even said something to Darren Waller immediately after the game that you know that was their point of emphasis, and that's immediately what they did on on Sunday was they went out there and beat themselves. I mean, there was too many mistakes, uh, kicking the ball out of bounds, and uh, letting the Chargers get it to forty. Uh, you know, penalties, even though the the one on Nate was a little suspect, but it was still one that extended a drive. I mean, just. The, the things we didn't think they were going to do, they did. How surprised were you about that? And then, two, how much do you think they cleaned that up this week? I was a little bit surprised. Um, and, you know, what a great coaching tool for, for McDaniels to, you know, sit his team back down and said, see, we talked about this, and it already cost us. Uh, and it just reiterates his point, and maybe it reiterates the emphasis now that, um, you know, his players – are going to play with. You know, they, they did a pretty good job on the penalties. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, the, you know, like you mentioned, uh, the, the Nate Hobbs penalty, to me, that was, I, I question that call, but it is what it is. And I'm glad you mentioned um, the kickoff out of bounds. You just can't have that. Right. Uh, Daniel Carlson is one of the best kickers in the NFL, but you just can't have that. You can't give let the Chargers start at the 40-yard line. Uh, the statistics show that when you give a team that kind of field position, you're usually going to get hurt because of that. So little things like that, and that was kind of a big thing when you think about it. I think the Chargers scored a touchdown out of it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think I so, too. I think so. Or something. They, yeah, they got some points out of that. So there you go. That's the, you know, when you think about it, that's every bit as – that's a turnover right there. Yep. You, you know yep. what I'm saying? That's, yep. a, that's a turnover to me. I agree. Um, and it, it, it's a kind of a demoralizing thing on the sidelines. Like, oh, wow. You know, you're trying to pin them over in the, uh, inside the five, and then you, then you allow them. Uh, to, to get to the 40. That's kind of a demoralizing type of situation. So, But, again, to your point, um, it was those little things, execution, a couple of uh, miscues. I know Darren Waller talked about some assignments that, that didn't get um, run correctly. All of those little things add up. And when you're playing a good team like the Chargers or really any team in the NFL, you're just cutting yourself a short leash um, and, and, and making those margins really thin uh, it's just a danger zone right there. You have to get that cleaned up and give yourself a better chance to win games. 100%. I agree with you, my man. Well, I know that you're out and about. You're a man around town. What you got going on this evening, my man? Yeah, we're going to be over at Pop 365 watching uh, this. What's, what uh, shapes up as a really good game and a really interesting game. And then on Saturday, uh, we're back at Pop 365 in the Tuscany Suites. Uh, they're throwing a big bash uh, to kick off the season and to kick off the home opener. Uh, Rod Martin is going to be out nice. there. There's going to be a car show. There's going to be a Madden tournament. There's going to be live music. A former singer, I think, a lead, former lead singer from the Temptations is going to be out there. Uh, so up, there's, man. you know, free admission, but there's also VIP packages. So come on out. It's going to be a blast. Um, and uh, kick it off 
uh, that home opener against the Chargers, or excuse me, the Cardinals the next day. You think uh, Rod Martin's going to bring his uh, rings out and show them off? Uh, you know, I, fans have been asking me that, um, <laughs> and I, I, you have to, right? He always gotta, does. Bring, <laughs> yes, because they, uh, there you go, because that's, I mean, you know, and, and it lines up three interceptions. Q, I got to ask you. People talk about records being broken and the hardest ones to be broken. You think about Rod Martin. Right. Three interceptions in the Super Bowl. To break that, you have to get four. That ain't never getting broken. Never, never getting broken. I'm with you 100%. And, uh, yeah, what a hell of a player. And, yeah, Rod Martin, he, he brings those rings with him everywhere he goes. So I, 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 <laughs> I have it. no doubt that he's going to be there with his rings and uh, showing them off and, and telling everyone to come and hang out with them. So I think it's going to be a heck of a party there at Pub 365 both tonight and tomorrow. Are you guys going to be watching the Aces as well there tonight? Yes, without a, without question. Uh, I asked I asked Darren what what his call was. He's like, man, I'm not a psychic. He goes, but I think they got a good chance. So uh, <laughs> so uh, let's, I want to you know I, I'm rooting for the Aces. I want to see a parade uh, down Long, uh, Las Vegas Boulevard, and hopefully, if they win it tonight, uh, they'll be get uh, a, a shout out. I'm sure over at Allegiant Stadium uh, on Sunday before the game against the Cardinals. There you go. Yeah, that would be great. That would be awesome to see. Well, Vinny, thanks so much for your time, my man. Always appreciate you. Enjoy tonight. Uh, Enjoy tomorrow, and uh, we'll see you in the stadium. All right. Take care. All right, there he goes. Vinny Bonsignor, you can hear him tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with uh, Heidi and Clay on the morning tailgate. And, of course, Pub365 is where he's at tonight. He'll be there again on Saturday. And uh, last year we were at the Rockstar. People have been hitting me up. Yes, uh, Pub365 is where we're going to be and where Vinny will be for sure. A lot of times now on Saturdays I got a lot of radio stuff that I have to do, so I probably won't be there. But I know that uh, I know Vinny will be there and uh, Clay will probably show up. Uh, DeMond will probably show up. I mean, it's, it's going to be a party. I don't know those guys. They haven't found a party that they didn't like, so. So most likely, you guys will be there, right? Right after the UFC is over, going to be over at uh, the UFC Apex for the fight night. But as soon as that's over, heading right over to Pub 365. There it is right there. Simple as that. See, I told you, DeMond's never found a party that he didn't like, and Clay's the same way. Tell you what, if you want to get Clay Baker to get out the house, throw a party. <laughs> throw any kind of party, and Clay's there. I don't care what kind of party. As long as the word party's at the end of it. He's there. I promise you he'll be there. Make sure you check him out. Check out Heidi. Check out Vinny. They'll be doing their thing. Pub 365. 447 is the time. We'll take a quick break, get some texts and calls in real quick as we close out the show. And then, of course, we'll hear from T.C. Martin and Coach Becky Hammond at the top of the hour. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. I mentioned Clay Baker likes to party. He's out at a party right now. We'll be checking in with him in a little bit. He's out at Chickies of Pete's. Thursday night football, kicking off week two of the NFL season. Make sure you hang out with Clay. He'll be there till at least 8 o'clock. But if you get there, I bet you can convince Clay to stick around a little bit, a little bit longer. But uh, definitely go check him out. Chickies and Pete's inside Sahara, Las Vegas. Free parking. It's a great place to go. We'll be checking in with Clay in a little bit. We'll also be checking in with T.C. Martin, who's be standing by with uh, Coach Becky Hammond of the Las Vegas Aces. She'll give T.C. the game plan for tonight's game. So excited to hear about that. And then, of course, you can flip over and listen to our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, for the actual game between the Aces and the Sun, potential closeout game, and, of course, uh, bringing home a championship to Las Vegas. Again, that game will tip off at 6 o'clock. Let's go out to the phone lines, though, at 702 Let's talk to our guy, Raider Mack. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? What's up, fellas? Hey, man, you know, um, I, I listen to the show every day, but I don't call in every day. But um, I wanted to let you know that, you know, a lot of people are giving you, you guys props yesterday, and I've been giving it to you from the beginning because you guys, hey, man, you just don't know how much it means to, to Raider Nation that 
have their own station and listen to stuff, man. Especially when you've been a Raider fan and you don't get to you get all the negativity. And I'm glad everything is down the middle with your with your with your section. Hey, couple things, Q, real quick. I know you you guys got a lot of calls and everything's busy, but to me, the key to this game is going to be the offensive line. I watched the Cardinals game, uh, you know, the the, the playback against Kansas City. And Mahomes was getting out of a lot of stuff. They were blitzing, and that's what they're going to do to us because of the offensive line. And if they don't, I'll be surprised. I would fire that coach if he doesn't blitz these guys. Also, the offensive line, Q, I'm telling you right now, if we cannot stick – I mean, you know, by the Titans game, if we don't have five guys, we're mm-hmm. in trouble. And also, I rewatched the game because uh, it showed like three times on NFL Network uh, the Charger game. They just they just beat us. They, I mean, you got to give them credit. Yep. Where I mean, I hate to say it, but they they just beat us. And Renfro, and, and you can go look at the Chargers. Um, uh, Renfro Renfro was shut down by uh, the uh, the nickel cornerback. Mm-hmm. He was shut down most of that game. And uh, Vinny was right. He didn't – some of the routes, like he wasn't running the routes because the ball was going the other way. And I, I'm I'm good. We, we ready to go. Let's just do it and stop all this talking. Let's get ready for Sunday. And we, we got to do it. But we got to do protection because they're going to blitz up the middle. And thanks, Q. I appreciate the call. Good stuff, my man. Always good stuff hearing from you. And, uh, yeah, uh, they, they've got to definitely flush that and just worry about Sunday now. And there's some things that they need to clean up, and I'm with you. Uh, that seven-man rotation, like DeMond said earlier, what Greeny said when he was on with us, if you got seven, that means you don't have five. And they need to get to five. I mean, it's it's that simple. They need to get to five. That was something that we talked about earlier in the week. One of my uh, areas of improvement I wanted to see, I wanted to see and I want to see them have one cohesive unit five guys that they feel comfortable with. Now, the problem is that probably won't happen because Andre James is dealing with a concussion. And, of course, you can't rush that back. You just got to deal with it until he's able to clear a concussion protocol. So whoever the center is on Sunday, most likely Dylan Parham, if, if Andre James can't go, is not going to be who the center will be in week six. So there you go. You still have a setback when it comes to the cohesiveness of the offensive line. 455 is the time. Raider Mac, thanks for that call. When we come back, don't go anywhere. T.C. Martin, Coach Becky Hammond will all join the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.